What does it mean to be a hometown hero? What kind of pressures and responsibilities come with it? When you consistently live up to expectations, when does the chase of the dragon end? Welcome to another episode of Long Beach Locals, the only podcast in Long Beach that highlights local businesses and the people behind them. When you enjoy this episode, please like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. This podcast is brought to you by Active Life. I'm your host, Justin Mosley, and today our guest is Division ex-professional soccer player, founder of Celestial Body, and hometown hero, Shannon Horgan. Shannon, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Can you tell us about your journey as a standout student athlete at Clemson? Yes. So at a young age, I knew I wanted to play college as high of a level as I could get to. And when I was in high school, it was a pretty easy decision to go to Clemson. After visiting one time, I fell in love with the school, with the team, with the coaches, and I was off to school. (laughs) I feel like uh, moving down to the South was a great decision because everyone down there is sweeter and it's cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, once I got there, I definitely was very grateful for the prep that I had gone through with a few of my trainers here on Long Island. Um, Going to play at that level, you know, you can be the best player on your team at home, on your home team, team in the country has a best player so you really need to mentally and physically prepare for the step up of the level of play the speed of play the physicality the fitness the mental game as well all of those go hand in hand so once I got to school I feel like I was able to really transition smoothly and focus right on soccer Playing at my freshman year, you know, as a starter was baffling to me. I feel like as I moved up the totem pole in terms of playing, you know, it's not even something you realize or think about. You just want to be on the field and you want to play your best for your team and for those that helped you get to that level. But overall, it was just a grind every day. Uh, We had to hustle, you know, to school. We had to hustle for fitness for lifting and then training, it is a lot of work. And I think the number one thing that played a part in my success was having a sports psychologist that helped me with my time management, with my mental game, and with my performance. Uh, because at the end of the day, everything going in your li- on in your life is going to play a part in how you perform. And if you're not aware of those little itsy bits and pieces that are taking place that may affect your performance in some way, shape, or form, you may have a bad practice and think, oh, like, I'm no good. I'm not good at soccer. I don't deserve to be here. But when you look at the big scheme of things and the whole picture of things, it helps you understand, okay, I had a bad practice because of X, Y, and Z, and that's okay. So it's a matter of finding a balance of pushing yourself but also having compassion for what you're going through that I think will pull out the best performer in you. I want to say thank you first for talking about and being open of seeing a sports psychologist in the beginning of like your career. Is that something that you were introduced to in the beginning of college? Yes. So I had a really great freshman fall season and I sat with my coach at the end of season and he said to me, 
you can play for Team USA, you can play pro, but you have to get out of your head. <laughs> and so I was very grateful that at Clemson we had a great support staff and we had access to a sports psychologist. I think every college should have that type of access for their players, especially their athletes. And I got in with, his name is Corey. I got in with Corey one time and I was kind of like, who's this guy? <laughs> what is he going to do to help me at my soccer game? What, you know? he, what does he have to tell me? Who are <laughs> you? I wasn't really buying into it. And after, after one or two sessions with him, I was able to like feel just this lighter load come off of me. And I bought right into it. And after that first session with Corey, I met with him every week, my whole time at Clemson. And he was definitely the reason why I broke so many glass ceilings that I had in my mind. And he played a huge part in, you know, helping me find that balance, helping me figure out my identity and helping me pull out the best performer I could pull out, you know, when I stepped onto the field, whether it was practice, film, or the biggest game of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really admirable to also admit and talk about because a lot of people may keep everything buried down, just stuff it and don't say too much about it. But to be able to acknowledge it, be willing to be and open about it is a huge step. And the expectations are high. You came from a city where your uh, lights were always on you. You were this, you are this big star and you go away and you're still this big star. And then you get invited to team USA. You're still a big star. It's like, this is a lot of fucking pressure. It is. And, you know, as an athlete and, you know, growing up and being around so many athletes for so many years, you can easily see that the athletes themselves put the most pressure on themselves. You know, it's not their coaches, it's not their parents. It is you putting all of that pressure on yourself right here. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get away from that or detach from that or shut that person up in your head, you will go crazy and, and you won't be able to enjoy what you worked so hard to do. Uh, something that I was always taking time to remind myself of was the fact that I love the sport of soccer and I will never let anyone take that away from me because I grew up playing with so many girls that loved the sport and instantly hated it because of a coach or because of an experience or because of a teammate. And I, you know, came to the conclusion when I got to college that I was not going to let that happen to me. And I will do whatever it takes to protect my love for the sport so that I could be around it, so I can watch it, and so I can play it for the rest of my life. Because it, it is the best sport in the world. <laughs> Subjective. But <laughs> and I think another good point to highlight from what you said was that it, it, knowing your identity. Because at the time, I'm sure, like, coming in, everybody going into a D1 program and feeling like you are that star back at home, you've always sold yourself this identity of this is the person I am. Mm -hmm. But then to be able to detach yourself and realize there are there is more to life besides the sport, that was a harsh reality I had to come across <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, me too. And it's, it's the one that also will make or break you down the line. Mm -hmm. you know? And for you to also acknowledge it, say it, and be like, as one of the best athletes ever come out of Long Beach, that's huge for sure and it's hard i truly believe that we have to trust god's timing for us because we could want something so bad and work so hard for it i've been in that position where i've worked my butt off to get somewhere or accomplish something or do something and i've torn my acl or 
you know, I tore both of my ACLs in pretty monumental spots of my soccer career. And those were the most mentally debilitating moments of my life because you're put in a place where you can't do the one thing that you're kind of defined as. I was defined as that soccer player right. forever. And you can't do that. So it's like, what am I? Who am I? And you have to go through a little bit of uh, pain to come to f the other side and see, you know, I'm so much more than a soccer player. You know, I am an artist. I am a coach. I am a trainer. I'm a great friend. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I am a light in this world. And playing soccer is something I love to do, but it does not define me. And that's something that you realize as well when you're done playing. And it's something that I feel like needs to be focused on a little bit more in terms of mental health is the health of players that retire. Because yeah. I had to retire from playing because I had a lower back injury. And so my career came to a halt pretty quickly and unexpectedly. And it took me a good year and a half to accept closing that chapter and moving on from that and looking back on it with as much love and positivity as I could because you definitely go through some t dark times when you stop playing. Whatever sport it may be and whatever level you went to, it's hard just putting that to a halt. So at the end of the day, it comes down to making sure you're tending to yourself, your mental health, your physical health, and your spiritual health because those are within our control and that's where you'll be able to close that chapter happily and look back on it with pride, you know, and and now that I'm able to coach, I am able to share my experiences I've been through with the youth and that helps fulfill my soul instead of playing now. It's always interesting because when you mentioned like God and the universe giving you these signs and ways that you are the least ideal like tearing your acls i tore my acl and i went through that whole i went through the whole recovery that whole dark phase and you keep asking the whys like why me why did this happen why does this why why mm -hmm. why and then you come to that conclusion over some time of you asked for an opportunity of something well you may not remember it you may not think twice about it but you asked the universe or god for something it gave it to you in a way that like you like it wasn't ideal mm -hmm. no one wants to tear their acls but you also ended up becoming such a better person after each one and then after you came back and then after the fact of that then you found more of your identity because that's exactly where you were supposed to be at that time that's exactly it and and that all comes down to trusting the process and trusting the journey and if we're not enjoying the journey we will never be happy because right. <laughs> yes. every time especially if you're an athlete every time you reach that goal that you had the next one is already written out what's in your next? mind yes the <laughs> yeah. what's next <laughs> and and it's so great to live a life that way because you're constantly looking to evolve but at the same time i think that we need to tend to things other than our physical growth we need to tend to our mental growth and our spiritual growth and there will be times where we're knocked on our butts stuck in bed whether it was a surgery or sickness or injury of some sort where you're also pushed to face things that you were able to ignore beforehand as well and you know as an athlete you definitely do have deep dark thoughts about life and your future and your journey within the sport that you're playing 
And I think it's really important to lean on your support system during that time. Support is everything. Your relationships are everything. I think those are the things that now in life I'm focusing so much on because, you know, when you're so stuck up in your own world, you forget about how important family and friends and and having those close-knit relationships are. Yeah, I mean, you're the main character of your movie Mm -hmm. and it's easy to get sidetracked. For sure, for sure. You've had the opportunity to represent Team USA at multiple levels as well as winning championships. Can you share some of the most memorable experience from your time representing your country? Yes. I will definitely say one of the most exciting moments of my soccer career was sitting in my, I want to say it was in biology class, and (laughs) I got a phone call, and my coach is texting me to answer it. I'm like, who is this? And I run out of class, and I answer the phone call, and it was the head coach of the under-20 national team asking me to come to World Cup qualifiers. And that was definitely a moment for me where I had a little bit of like imposter syndrome of like, do I, do I, me, me, me? I don't know, can I do this? (laughs) But it was also a moment where I was like, yeah, I can, like I do deserve to be here. I worked my butt off to be here. And I think it comes, you know, just having that thought just shows you that your self-talk is so important. And your ego is going to sit there and tell you, you you're not good enough or you need to do more. And it comes down to you listening to your higher self that's telling you, you can do this. You've worked your whole life for this. I will say another really memorable moment would be when we were in Honduras for World Cup qualifiers. I had our winning assist against Mexico to kind of lock in going to the World Cup, which was super exciting. And I also wanted to touch on how, you know, I've traveled to some beautiful countries, Honduras, Spain, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea for uh, US, U.S. national team experiences. And what I really enjoyed was just connecting with the kids in these countries, because really in any other country besides the U.S., soccer is the biggest sport. So to have all these young kids, you know, want to learn things about you and get pictures with you and watch you train and see you do your fitness tests, uh, it meant a lot to me because it showed me that that was me when I was younger. You know, that was me watching these older, amazing, strong, fit athletes, you know, living out their dreams. And I wanted to just set an example for these kids. So it was really beautiful that, you know, Team USA was able to take time on our trips to give back to less fortunate kids Mm. and allowing kids to watch our training. I think that really was the coolest thing, to be in the U.S. jersey and have kids cheering you on from all over the world, I think was just the most exciting thing. What or how can you describe the feeling the first time that kid came up to you and asked you to sign something for them? I would say it was, it was such a humbling moment. I feel like, you know, and it's funny to say that because you're, someone's asking you to sign their jersey, but to me it just showed me all of the work, all the blood, sweat, and tears that I put into trying to just be the best athlete I could be. It wasn't about being someone. It wasn't about being the best. I was always battling myself. So to see these kids come up to you and ask you for your autograph, and they don't even know the littlest bit of work that had been put into you getting to that point that you're at, 
it, it feels so good. And it's, it's totally a reward. I'd rather a little kid ask me to sign their jersey after a game than any big trophy right. <laughs> in the world. Because it means I stood out to them as well. Right. And, you know, I've always tried my best to be a personality player, meaning that, I got the ball and you didn't know what I was doing. I was taking people on, whether I lost the ball the last time I got it or not. I was physical. I talked crap. <laughs> I, yeah, I wanted to ram into a, you into a wall. So, you know, if I stood out on the field to a little kid, that, that meant the world to me. Right. <laughs> when transitioning between being a player into a coach role, what adjustments did you have to make and how has your playing experience influenced your coaching? So I grew up loving the coaches that demonstrated for us, that played with us, that were super passionate about the game and you can tell. So when I go into coaching, I want to be the way I loved my coaches, how my coaches were. So I want to play with the kids. I want to be involved in training. I want to show them how much I care to win. Mm -hmm. uh, those little things for sure play a part in how I coach. But I also, you know, something I definitely had to change was on the field, if you played with me, I was a very vocal player. I used my voice. I yelled. I screamed. I told you what to do. And, you know, with youth athletes, something I had to have to be mindful of is how much I am using my voice because I want it to mean something when I use it. When you're playing on the field, you can use your voice the whole game and you know you need to be doing that. But when you're a coach on the sidelines, if you're just yelling the whole game, nobody's really hearing what you're saying. So something I've really had to be mindful of is just shutting up <laughs> <laughs> and, and using my voice when I really need to get a message across to a player as opposed to just screaming the whole time just to hear myself mm. scream. Uh, also, you know, kids learn differently. Some kids prefer to be yelled at. Other kids need a soft talking to. Other kids need a ball kicked at their their face sometimes. <laughs> so it's a matter of learning about each kid individually and coaching them in a way that I know that they will benefit the most from. So it is a constant battle to kind of find that perfect balance as a coach because I want to push them, but I want them to enjoy it as well. And I want them to learn, but I don't want to throw too much nonsense in their face. And I want them to, at the end of the day, just want to win and want to grow and evolve as athletes. And that's, you know, what I'm facilitating. So showing up with as positive as, as of an attitude as I can show up with, you know, things like that definitely play a part in my coaching for sure. But I would say the biggest transition is properly using my voice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really interesting to the idea of making sure like you're speaking accordingly you know and also acknowledging to yourself of all right we need to pump the brakes a little bit this doesn't need to be a, a vulgar con confrontation between me and my athletes but especially something that I want to recircle back to that you highlighted earlier was not being that coach that made you hate the sport yes because you know? I feel like that is also the biggest insult that a coach can receive is you've made me hate this sport oh for sure and I'm not gonna lie the college and the professional level, it, it gets uh, political and it mm. gets pretty nitty gritty where 
Coaches will play games with players if they want you to quit, or they will treat you really poorly if they don't want if they want your scholarship money. And that's where it gets really sad because I do know a lot of girls that could have gone further, but they quit or they transferred to a smaller school because they couldn't handle that pressure mm-hmm. from their coaches. And I've seen it firsthand at Clemson where coaches kind of just mistreated one or two girls. And it was just so obvious to the point where these girls are getting literally depressed because of how their coach that they're trying to work their butt off for is treating them and even looking at them. So something like that, it it weighs really heavy on my heart because I have friends that have gone through that. And I it again motivates me even more to want to be not only a coach but a mentor that i work with you know i coach kids from seven years old to college athletes that are 21 years old and in all of those age groups you will have players that don't have a great home life or have some sort of learning disability or are a little behind develop developmentally and all of those things I try my best to take into consideration and to be aware of in order, again, to be the best coach that I can be because you never know what someone's going through mm-hmm. here, here, at home, unless you're trying to you know, help them out with it. And I feel like sometimes coaches look at players as pawns and just pieces that they need to move to win, mm-hmm. and that's it. But that's not how I want to look at my players ever. I want to look at them as people that I'm developing, that I'm, that I am molding as people and athletes, and I want them to know that they can also come to me when they need me. Something I learned I'm pretty good at with players is when I coached at Wagner College for a year. You know, the girls quickly opened up to me, which I loved. And I feel like I cultivated an environment where they felt safe to come to me with anything, whether it was problems or questions, or they just needed some help with something on or off the field. I think that says a lot. And that in itself is a compliment to me to know that they can trust me. Thank you. As a hometown hero, what kind of pressures did that put on you when competing at the highest competitive level? And do you ever feel like you've let people back at home down whenever a game didn't go your way? I think that I care most about performing for the people that I love. So whenever I didn't perform to the best of my ability, I was always thinking about my trainers at home that have spent so much time with me. My spent so much time and money on getting me to the top level because my parents are the number one reason why I got as far as I did in the sport that I played. Uh, Their dedication and time towards me, my brother, and my sister's careers in soccer is the utmost, most admirable thing that you can do for your kids. So thank you, mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) But back to the question. I think, yeah, it, if, it affected me worrying about, you know, family and trainers being upset with me more than me being upset with me. But it's funny because you come to find that, again, your support system that you have, they're the number one people to pick you back up when you're down or when you're upset about a performance. They're the number one people that will 
come to you, be there for you, and let you know that everything's going to be okay. So as much as there was a lot of pressure to perform, I thrive on pressure. And that's when I perform my best is under pressure. But overall, I just believe that I was my biggest critic. And when I didn't perform, the people that I was performing for were the first people to pick me right back up. Right. And that's like you said earlier about your support system and how important it is because by the time you get home, no one's thinking about soccer. They're just happy their daughter, sister, family, like whatever is home. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What would you tell Shannon 10 to 15 years ago with the knowledge and experience you have now? I would say... Stop stressing yourself out on the field because you play your best when you're having fun. (laughs) I think I actually wrote something here. Oh, uh, I had three things. Secondly, it's God's timing, so stop trying to control God's timing. Uh, You know, those opportunities that you're dying to approach and be a part of will come. And three would be you are more than the sport that you play. And that's something we already touched on, but it's really important to make sure that you're aware of your own identity off of the field because you don't want to go through that hard time of of it all coming to a halt and you just being completely lost. So one thing I would definitely want to tell my younger self is is you are so much more than soccer. Mm -hmm. You love soccer, you're good at it, and you're playing it, but it doesn't define you and it doesn't define who you are and you're so much more than just a soccer player so continue to do those things for yourself that take you closer towards every other aspect of how great you are of a person you know that was a mic drop of an answer that was very good (laughs) if you were to write a dear soccer soccer journal entry how would it go I would start by saying, dear soccer, thanks for like the six knee surgeries. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, so I would start off by kind of saying, thank you for allowing me to express myself through the sport. As a kid, I want to say I was a little angry as a kid and soccer was totally my outlet to express myself physically. And... I found a way to channel whatever anger or energy that I had towards the sport, and that really helped me, I feel like, develop and stay kind of (laughs) chill. I would say thank you for taking me all over the world, allowing me to meet so many amazing people, mentors, coaches, athletes, lifelong friendships that I've made through soccer. I would easily say my friends for life are my friends I made in the soccer world. And I would also say thank you for just always being there for me. You know, even to this day, if I'm having a rough day or struggling or stressed or anxious, I'm going to a field and I'm kicking around or shooting. And uh, it's just a way to let loose and be present. I would also just say thank you for bringing my family together. I feel like soccer was definitely the sport that brought my family together. We travel around the world to see soccer games. We 
wake up at 7 a.m. as a family to watch a Saturday morning soccer game. We play on the beach. It's it's just a beautiful way to bring community together. And I want to thank the sport of soccer for allowing that to happen and making that happen. Because if we didn't have football, <laughs> I don't know where I would be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you would have found your way regardless <laughs> with or without it. Oh, yeah, for sure. What is celestial body? So celestial, the word celestial has three meanings. Uh, it means outer space, heavenly, and supremely good. And when I came up with the name Celestial Body, I kind of was going through a spiritual experience for sure. <laughs> but I also loved the word Celestial because those three meanings I kind of translate into my training. So, for example, outer space. I think of breaking glass ceilings, breaking barriers, uh, sky's the limit. And then when I think of heavenly, I think of the fact that you are worthy you are worthy of reaching that goal or that dream um, and you are enough you're able to do this because i feel like a lot of people they don't even try something because they don't think they're good enough or worthy enough to even give it a shot so i love that i i kind of saw heavenly as a way to translate into like you are worthy and then supremely good i translate into how you do anything is how you do everything so i don't mean you need to be supremely good at something mm -hmm. I want you to do whatever you do throughout your whole day in your life as supremely good as you can because again how you do anything is how you do everything and you want to do your supreme best with whatever you do and that's kind of how I came up with the name celestial body I think that's a great mission thank you <laughs> thank you what would you like to leave the listeners off with so I would like to leave listeners off with the idea that we all have a purpose here on this earth. And whether you have figured out that purpose or not, uh, to stay close to that purpose. Whether you have been doing something you love your whole life or not, monetize it. Find a way to monetize it. Work to figure out your purpose if you don't know it yet, because we're all gifted here on this earth. We all have a gift, and it's a matter of us seeking out that gift, figuring out that gift, and then applying that gift to our life. And I believe we're all so blessed. We have a gift that we need to fulfill on this earth, and work hard to figure that out, because once you know your gift and your passion, you can monetize it you can run with it and you also just are able to live a more fulfilled and happy life because if you're monetizing something you're passionate about and you're good at are you really working you're doing pretty all right <laughs> you're doing pretty all right so i would just say figure out your purpose if you haven't yet and that takes you know focusing on yourself grounding doing internal work meditating you know, sitting with nothingness, I think, would help anybody have more clarity in their mind. So figure it out, monetize it, run with it, and yeah. Where can the listeners find you? Celestial Body on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I also have a website. It's celestialbody.life. 
and that's where you can find any information about me you need. I do consultation packets on my website. You can get an idea of how I do my training and my history of training as well. And yeah. And then you can follow Celestial Body on Instagram. Awesome. Shannon, I appreciate you coming in. You are a woman of the people. It was always fun growing up watching you and to see the type of person you've evolved into now past soccer is an awesome thing to see. Thank you again. I appreciate that so much, Justin. I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for Active Life and your mission and your journey to continue to help any and everybody grow mentally, physically, and just the work that you guys do to give back to the local community is so beautiful and admirable. And thank you for having me. Thank you.